Hello, my name is Andrew Laposha, and welcome to the Twilight Years. On today's episode, we will be discussing the death and final years of stand-up comedian Rodney Dangerfield. Over the past half-century, the concept of stand-up comedians going up on stage and simply telling one-liners has become something of a lost art. In that period of time, many stand-ups have taken to storytelling and observational humor. But one man ignored that and still took to telling one-liners. And some will say he did it the best of all. That man was Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield's act had a very simple premise. Common themes of his act included self-deprecating humor regarding his looks and personality, as well as his marriage. His tagline was, I don't get no respect. To this day, many of Rodney's lines have become very quotable. Unlike many stand-up comedians, Rodney Dangerfield's career didn't start to gain momentum until he was in his late 40s. In 1967, he became a last-minute replacement act on The Ed Sullivan Show, and he stole the show that night. From there, he became a Las Vegas headliner and made frequent appearances on the Dean Martin Variety Show and The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. By 1980, he had become a bona fide superstar, winning a Grammy Award for one of his comedy albums. He was also influential. Some of Rodney's HBO specials gave rise to many great comedians, such as Sam Kinison, Jim Carrey, Andrew Dice Clay, Roseanne Barr, and Bob Saget. And he didn't just excel in stand-up. He was able to transition his persona into motion pictures, spinning it into gold with movies like Back to School and Caddyshack. Even though Rodney was beloved, he never had it easy. He was married three times, two of those times to the same woman. He even had two children with her, but he lived a very separate life from his family. He was also an avid marijuana smoker, and he was perpetually unhappy. His childhood was very rough. He hated being confused with his onstage persona and would often be treated like the loser he portrayed. Yes, Rodney had a rough life, but he was brilliant. And then there was Rodney's health. He had health problems for quite a while, having multiple surgeries. He once joked that he had been cut up so many times he felt like he was back in his old neighborhood. In 1982, at the height of his fame, Rodney checked into the Pritkin Longevity Center in Santa Monica. This clinic was made to help patients lose weight and give up smoking, both of which Rodney struggled with. He stayed there for a month. He was put on a special diet that helped control his weight and he gave up smoking, only to start again three years later. While in Santa Monica, Rodney met a flower shop owner named Joan Child. Before long, the two started dating. It was a little difficult because she lived in Los Angeles and Rodney lived in New York. Rodney eventually moved to LA and the couple were married on December 26, 1993. His first major operation was in 1992 when he suffered an abdominal aortic aneurysm. Rodney woke up one morning with pain in his right side. He went to the doctor and got an x-ray. Pancreatitis was found, but the aneurysm was found too, and that became the main concern. Surgery was performed and Rodney made a full recovery. Years later, he led a campaign to raise awareness about the type of aneurysm. He was also hospitalized for a lung infection and stomach pains in 1994, but he recovered from that as well. For the next several years, Rodney continued to perform regularly and make film appearances. He even played a rare dramatic role in Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers. All was well until March of 2000. Rodney had just completed a six-night engagement at the MGM Grand Hotel in Las Vegas. All of a sudden, Rodney complained of chest pains. He was flown to Los Angeles and was taken to the hospital. Double bypass surgery was performed. 
Fortunately, he had not suffered a heart attack, and it was reported that he would be discharged soon. Rodney woke up from the surgery in the cardiac intensive care unit. Joan was waiting for him. Rodney couldn't speak for several hours, but when he finally could, he spoke the word pain. The doctors gave him a medicine, and he was suddenly fine. Ronnie later learned that the medicine in question was synthetic heroin. November 22, 2001 was Rodney's 80th birthday, and he was invited to appear on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno to celebrate the occasion. While Rodney was doing his stand-up routine, Leno noticed that something seemed off about Rodney. The hand gestures he usually did didn't seem as sharp. Leno, at his desk, turned to his producer, Debbie Vickers, and asked her to get some paramedics backstage immediately. Rodney was cracking jokes backstage. As he was wheeled away on the gurney, Rodney joked, Who gave me this present? He was taken to Cedar sinai Hospital, where it was discovered he had suffered a mild heart attack. Even though it wasn't severe, he was placed in intensive care. While in the hospital, a doctor found Rodney smoking marijuana, much to the doctor's horror. Once again, Rodney made a recovery. Exactly one year later, he returned to The Tonight Show. If you're like me and you wanted to start a podcast, but were not very tech-savvy, you wouldn't have known what to do. Then I heard about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. By February 2003, Rodney was experiencing shortness of breath. Even though it would be very risky, his doctors were trying to decide if aortic valve replacement surgery should be performed. There was a possibility he could suffer a stroke during the surgery or go into heart failure. Not too long afterwards, Rodney stated that his heart was doing somersaults in his chest. He had to spend the night at St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica. His cardiologist informed him that if he didn't get his valve replaced, he would be dead in three months. Rodney hired Dr. Hilla Lax at UCLA Medical Center to take his case. Dr. Lax ordered an angiogram on his brain and a whole new set of problems was found. His right carotid was completely blocked, as was his right vertebral artery. There were also partial blockages in several other places. The doctors needed time to evaluate the situation. Stents could not be put in and heart surgery was risky. He could also have a stroke during surgery. Dr. Neil Martin was the chief neurosurgeon at UCLA and he ran more tests. He brought up brain surgery. If brain surgery was performed, this could prevent a stroke during heart surgery. However, Dr. Martin was still hesitant. He didn't know if his heart could withstand brain surgery. Dr. Martin and Dr. Lax took time to discuss and told Rodney and Joan they would call in a day or two. Over the weekend, the doorman of their apartment building handed Rodney a note from Dr. Martin. The note read, spoke to Dr. Lax, decided against heart surgery, go ahead with brain surgery. Rodney and Joan felt that this didn't sound right. When they finally got to the hospital that Monday, they learned that the doorman got the message wrong. He would only be having the heart surgery, and it would have to be done as soon as possible. The surgery was to be performed a few days later. Rodney's son and daughter flew in from New York. Another angiogram on his heart was done just to make sure there were no surprises before heart surgery. That night, Dr. Lax came to speak to Rodney and Joan. He said that since Rodney's work required a lot of thinking, they wanted to do everything they could to preserve his brain. They also found out that his heart was stronger than they thought, so they opted for brain surgery first. Dr. Martin was on vacation, so they had to wait. 
The surgery was performed on April 7, 2003. It went well, but Rodney was placed in a medically induced coma, which was supposed to help him make a full recovery. Rodney awoke a few days later and all seemed to be well. Over the next year, Rodney worked regularly. He did a voiceover role on the Disney Channel sitcom Phil of the Future, as well as an appearance on the sitcom Still Standing. He also appeared in a movie called Angels with Angles, where he played God. In the movie, Rodney sends George Burns, portrayed by Frank Gorshin, to Earth to help redeem a drug smuggler. It would be the last movie for not only Rodney, but for comedian Soupy Sales, as well as Gorshin's last live-action film role. During this time, Rodney also wrote an autobiography titled It's Not Easy Being Me, A Lifetime of No Respect But Plenty of Sex and Drugs. A TV movie based on the book was also announced. On August 23, 2004, Rodney underwent heart valve replacement surgery at UCLA Medical Center, undergoing a seven-hour operation. When asked how long he would be in the hospital, he stated, If things go right, I'll be there about a week, and if things don't go right, I'll be there about an hour and a half. On September 20th, Joan announced that Rodney had spent the past two weeks in a light coma. However, she did say that he was stable. She expected a full recovery. But it wasn't to be. On October 5th, 2004, Rodney Dangerfield died at 1.20 p.m. He was 82 years old. The day Rodney died, the joke of the day on Rodney's website read, I tell ya, I get no respect from anyone. I bought a cemetery plot. The guy said, there goes the neighborhood. There Goes the Neighborhood would become Rodney's epitaph when he was buried at Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery. Rodney's funeral was held at Westwood. The funeral began at dusk because Rodney never wanted appointments booked before 5 p.m. The funeral was a who's who of comedy. Bob Saget was master of ceremonies. Eulogies were done by his daughter, two of his nieces, Roseanne, Paul Rodriguez, Tim Allen, Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira, Dom Herrera, Jay Leno, who called Rodney the greatest stand-up comedian of all time, Michael Bolton, who was also scheduled to sing but was too choked up to do so, and Jim Carrey, who said, I'll never forget how kind he was to my father. I remember watching Rodney on the Ed Sullivan show as a child and laughing, not because I got the jokes, but because my father was in hysterics. Louis Anderson closed the ceremony by reading the Prayer of Comfort. Others in attendance included Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, George Carlin, Larry David, John Lovitz, Carl Reiner, Ben Stiller, Rob Schneider, George Lopez, and many, many more. Rodney's catchphrase was, I don't get no respect, but in his case, art did not imitate life. Rodney got all kinds of respect, as evidenced by the long list of comedy giants who attended his funeral. And not just that, but many consider him to be one of the greatest stand-ups of all time, and with good reason. Rodney was funny. Everyone knew it. Thank you all for listening to The Twilight Years. Please don't forget to subscribe and if possible, leave me a review. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. The links are included in the description of this episode. Do you have anyone you would like to see talked about on this podcast? Let me know and I will do my best to get to them. Thank you again for listening. My name is Andrew Laposha and I will see you next time. Thank you.